Welcome to Zichru Daf Siman. Remember, Rabbi Ram Goldai and today we're Mesechus Megillah Daf Tezvav, the first parak Megillah Nikres. The Zichru Mesechus Megillah program has been generously sponsored by the Queen's Zichru Chabura. So the three topics we're going to focus on. Number one, the pasuk in the Megillah states, "Vatikra Esther Hasach." Then Esther called for Hasach to find out why Mordechai was troubled. Rav said that Hasach was Daniel, and he was called Hasach Shechasachu Megillah So because they had cut him down from his great stature. He no longer held the high position that he had while serving Belshazzar, Darya, Vesh, and Koresh. Shmuel said he was called Hasach, because all the kingdom's affairs were decided by him. After Mordechai told Hasach to tell Esther to plead with Hachashverosh, and she refused, the Pasuk states, the Yegidu Mordechai is Dibre Esther, and they told Mordechai the words of Esther. The Gemara notes that others told Mordechai that Esther refused, and not Hasach, since he didn't want to relay the bad news. From here we learn that one should not bring back a bad report. Point number two, the Pasuk states, And she, referring to Esther, stood in the inner court of the king's house. Rabbi Levi said, As soon as she reached the chamber of idols, the Shechina left her. Amra keli keli lama zavtani. She said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Shema tadano shogeg kamezi. Perhaps you're treating a shogeg like a mezid va'ones karatzon, or a sin committed under coercion, like one done willingly. Rashi explains that Esther was saying to Koshbarach that even though she was going to Achishverosh on her own choice, she really was being coerced, given her desire to save the Jewish people. O shema ashikarasol kelv, or perhaps you've forsaken me because I called him Achishverosh a dog, as the Pasuk states, Hatzil mecherem nafshi miyad kelv yechidasi, save my soul from the sword, my only one from the grasp of the dog. Esther therefore changed her wording and called him a lion. As it says in the Pasuk, Hoshi'eni mi piarye, save me from the mouth of the lion. And point number three, when Achishverosh asked Esther what her request was, the Pasuk states that she answered, Yabu amelch vahaman al hamishta, let the king and Haman come today to the banquet which I prepared for him. The Gemara brings up rights with many opinions as to why Esther invited Haman as well. Melezer says that she set a trap for him. Rabbi Meir said, Kedei Sholito Yimrod, so that he would not take counsel and rebel. Rush explains that Haman might rebel against the king, being that he was going through a period of success. Yudah said she invited him so that he would not realize that she was a Jew. Rabbi Nechemia said, In order that the Jews should not say that they have a sister in the royal palace and will disregard davening for Rachamim. Rabbi Shulman Karchis said that Esther planned on smiling at Haman, so Achashverosh will suspect them of adultery and have them both executed. The Gemara brings additional reasons from other Tanaim and Amaraim and relates that Rabbi Baravu met Eliyahu and Navi and asked him what was the real reason. Eliyahu answered, Esther did so based on all the reasons given by all the Tanaim and all the Amaraim. So once again, the three points are number one, the Pasuk in the Megillah states, Vitikra Esther Hasach, that Esther called for Hasach to find out why Mordechai was troubled. Rav said that Hasach was Daniel, and he was called Hasach Shechasachu Megdua, so because they had cut him down from his great stature. He no longer held the high position that he had while serving Belshazzar, Daryavesh, and Koresh. Shmuel said he was called Hasach Shekod Divrei Malchus Nechtachin Alpiv, because all the kingdom's affairs were decided by him. After Mordechai told Hasach, to tell Esther to plead with Hachashverosh, and she refused. The Pasuk states, the Yegidu of Mordechai is Divrei Esther, and they told Mordechai the words of Esther. The Gemara notes that others told Mordechai that Esther refused, and not Hasach, since he didn't want to relay the bad news. From here we learn that one should not bring back a bad report. Point number two, the Pasuk states, And she, referring to Esther, stood in the inner court of the king's house. 
The lady said, As soon as she reached the chamber of idols, the Shechina left her. She said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Shema Tadan al Shogek Amazi, perhaps you're treating a Shogek like Amazi, but Onus Karatsun, or a sin committed under coercion, like one done willingly. Rush explains that Esther was saying to Gashbarch that even though she was going to Akashverosh on her own choice, she was really being coerced, given her desire to save the Jewish people. Oshema Shakarasiv Kelev, or perhaps you've forsaken me because I called him, referring to Akashverosh, a dog, as the Pasuk says, Hatzil Mecherv Navshi. Save my soul from the sword, my only one from the grasp of the dog. Esther therefore changed her wording and called him a lion, as it says in the Pusik, Hoshi Enemi Piarye, save me from the mouth of the lion. And point number three, when Akashvirosh asked Esther what her request was, the Pusik states that she answered, Let the king and Haman come today to the banquet which I have prepared for him. The Gemara brings up rice with many opinions as to why Esther invited Haman as well. Rabbi Yezer says she set a trap for him. Rabbi Meir said, So that he would not take counsel and rebel. Rashi explains that Haman might rebel against the king, being that he was going through a period of success. Rabbi Yudah said that she invited him so that he would not realize that she was a Jew. Rabbi Nechemia said, In order that the Jews should not say that they have a sister in the royal palace and will disregard davening for Rachamim. Rabbi Shuman Karka said that Esther planned on smiling at Haman, so Achishverosh will suspect them of adultery and have them both executed. The Gemara brings additional reasons from other Tanaim and Amaraim and relates that Rabbi Baravu met Eliyahu Anavi and asked him which was the real reason. Eliyahu answered, Esther did so based on all the reasons given by all the Tanaim and all the Amaraim. Alright, so now we go to Simran Dav Tezvav, and her standard Simran is a fruit bowl, because Tezvav reminds us of Tu Bishvat. Tu Bishvat is fruit. And we use a fruit bowl to make it a little more distinct. So here goes. The prominent royal servant who hid secret messages in a fruit bowl was shocked when he saw his queen enter the chamber of idols with a grim look on her face as she carried a fruit bowl with an invitation to her suitor for the king and his second in command. So once again, it's emotion. The prominent royal servant who hid secret messages in a fruit bowl, fruit bowl, that must be more enough, tezvav, to bishvat, fruit, fruit bowl. The prominent royal servant who had secret messages in a fruit bowl, which reminds us the Gemara teaches that Hasak was Daniel, and he was called Hasak either because Shekhasuk Magdua, so because he had cut him down from his great stature, he no longer held the high position that he had while serving Belshazzar, Daryavesh, and Koresh. Shmuel said he was called Hasak, Shekhod Divei Malchus Nechdachin Alpiv, because all the kingdom's affairs were decided by him. So the prominent royal servant who had secret messages in a fruit bowl was shocked when he saw his queen enter the chamber of idols with a grim look on her face, which reminds us that the Shekhinah left Esther when she entered the chamber of Avodah and she said, Keli, Keli, Ramazah my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Shema Taddan al Shogeg Kamezid, perhaps you're treating a Shogeg like Kamezid, Bala Ones Karatsun, or a sin committed under coercion like one done willingly. Rashi explains that Esther was saying to Kosh that even though she was going to Akash on her own choice, she was really being coerced given her desire to save the Jewish people, or was it because she disrespected Achishverosh by calling him a dog? So, the prominent royal servant who hid secret messages in a fruit bowl was shocked when he saw his queen enter the chamber of idols with a grim look on her face as she carried a fruit bowl with an invitation to her suda for the king and a second in command. Which reminds us, the Gemara brings many possible reasons as to Esther's motivation for inviting Haman as well to the suda. And when Eliel was asked which reason was the real reason, he said that she went in for all the reasons that were mentioned by all the Tanaim and all the Amoraim. So once again, the prominent royal servant who had secret messages in a fruit bowl was shocked when he saw his queen enter the chamber of idols with a grim look on her face 
and she carried a fruit bowl with an invitation to her suitor for the king and his second in command. All right, now it's time for a four ball about Chazara. Daf Yudov, so the symbol of Daf Yudov is stars like the 11 stars in Yosef's dream. So here goes. The Jewish superheroes with the stars of David on their shields. Stars of David? That must be on Daf Yudov. Stars! The Jewish superheroes with the stars of David on their shields. Which reminds us, the Gemara continues to bring the psukim that various Amorim used to begin their shiurim on the Megillah. Shmuel brought the following Pasek. I will have not been disgusted by them, nor will I have rejected them to destroy them. He darshaned out how in every Gaulus, the Kosh Baruch would appoint various leaders to save us, and in the future, no one will be able to rule over us. So, the Jewish superheroes with the stars of David on their shields, standing before their king, who ruled the upper worlds as well, which reminds us, Shalom Melch was not included in the list of three kings that ruled the entire world, either because he was deposed by the demon Ashmedai and never regained his malchus, or he did regain his malchus, but his malchus was qualitatively different in that he also ruled the upper beings, being the demons. So the Jewish superheroes with the stars of David on their shields, standing before their king who ruled the upper worlds as well, laughed as they watched two silly emperors fumble and miscalculate 70 years, which reminds us, the Gemara goes through how Belshazzar miscalculated the 70 years by counting from the beginning of Nebuchadnezzar's reign, and how Achishverosh miscalculated when he counted from the beginning of Gaul's bubble, which began with the exile of Yehoiachin eight years later. The count of the seven years began with the destruction of the base of Migdash. Daphyud base, so the symbol Daphyud base is 12 brothers. So here goes. The 12 brothers, 12 brothers, that must be more on Daphyud base. The twelve brothers' slapstick permspiel opened, with nine of them taking a bow to a golden image, which reminds us that Rav Shimba Yechai told us Talmud that the reason the Jews deserved to be wiped out was not because they attended the suit of Akashverosh, because then only the Jews of Shushan should be punished. Rather, it was because they bowed down to an Avodazor in the days of Nebuchadnezzar, since they only acted outwardly. So to a Kashbar who acted outwardly with them and only intended to provoke them to do the teshuva. So the twelve brothers' slapstick permspiel opened, with nine of them taking a bow to a golden image. When suddenly one dresses Vashti with a huge tail appear, which reminds us that Vashti wanted to appear without clothes before Akashverosh and all the noblemen, but she refused to come either because she got Saraz or Gavriel came and made her grow a tail. So the twelve brothers' slapstick permspiel opened with nine of them taking a bow to a golden image. When suddenly one dresses Vashti with a huge tail appeared, which Mamukhan tripped over as he jumped to give advice to the king. Which reminds us, Mamukhan is Haman, and he was called Mamukhan because he was Mukhan Paranus, destined for punishment. He jumped to give advice that a letter should be sent saying that every man should be the ruler in his own home, which was ridiculed by everyone who read it, which led them not to take the second letter seriously. Daf Yud Gimel, so the similar Daf Yud Gimel is a Bar Mitzvah boy. So here goes. When Mordechai the Bar Mitzvah boy, Bar Mitzvah boy, that must be more on Daf Yud Gimel. When Mordechai the Bar Mitzvah boy forgot his pshetel and the guests are to blame both sides of his family for his bad memory, which reminds the Gemara brings three answers as to why Mordechai was referred to as an Ish Yehudi and an Ish Yimini. Mordechai's father was from Binyamin, and his mother was from Yehuda, and the families from Boshvatim tried to take credit for him. Rabbi says it was the opposite, and that the Jewish people blamed Boshvatim for the troubles that Mordechai caused. They blamed Yehuda because David and Melch didn't kill Shimi, from whom Mordechai descended, who provoked Haman, and they blamed Binyamin since Shaul did not kill Agag, from whom Haman descended, who oppressed Israel. Rabbi Yochanan said that Mordechai was from Sheba Binyamin, and he was called the Yehudi because he rejected Avodazor. Shekol Kopra Bavodazor and Nikri Yehudi, because all who rejected Avodazor are called Yehudi. So, when Mordechai the Bar Mitzvah boy forgot his pshetel, and the guests are to blame both sides of his family for his bad memory, he suddenly realized his modest bubby had put Simanim of the speech in his pocket, which reminds us that because of Rachel's Nias, evidence through the episode of her giving the Simanim to Leah, she was Zochet to have Shaul descend from her, and through Shaul's modesty, he was Zochet to have Esther descend from him. So, 
When Mordechai the Bar Mitzvah boy forgot his pshetel and the guests started to blame both sides of his family for his bad memory, he suddenly realized his modest bubby had put some money on the speech in his pocket and continued confidently speaking about how Hashem sends the refuah before the makkah, which reminds us that Mordechai foiling the plot of Bigson and Serish was the refuah before the makkah of Haman rising to power. Daf Yedal, so the simmer Daf Yedal is a hand and we use a juggler, so here goes. The Purim Party Juggler, Juggler, that must mean we're on Duff, Yadawad, Yad, Hand. The Purim Party Juggler who wore a signet ring on every finger, which reminds us of the Pasuk in the Gil states, but Yasa Melchus Tabato, the king removed his signet ring, Rabbi Abba Barakana said, the greater was the removal of the signet ring than the 48 Nevi'im and the 7 Nevios who prophesied to Israel from the Nevi'im were unable to return the Jewish people to do good, whereas the removal of the signet ring did return the Jewish people to good. So, the Purim Party juggler who wore a signet ring on every finger and had plenty of time to perform since there was no hollow, which reminds the Gemara states that the only innovation the Nevi'im made was Kriyas and Megillah based on the Kavah Chomer of saying Shira from leaving Avdus to Heros and Yitzim Sitzrayim and all the more so were going from Misa to Chaim. The Gemara then gives three reasons why hollow is not recited on Purim, one being that Kriyas and Megillah is a form of hollow. So the Purim Party juggler who wore a signet ring on every finger and had plenty of time to perform since there was no Hallel, wowed the room full of boys dressed as Navim and the seven girls dressed as Navios and gave first prize for a best costume to the girl dressed up as a weasel. Which reminds me more discusses the 48 Navim and lists the seven Navios, bringing proofs of how we know that they were Navios. And it brings the Misa when Yoshi Melk went to Hulda and explains how he could have done so while Yirmiyawa Navi was around. All right, that concludes today's shir. This is Rabbi Ram Golden Zikhu wishing a great day and great learning.